On this week's episode of Ride the Lightning, the Tesla unofficial podcast, the referral program continues for another quarter, but with an interesting new twist. Plus, Tesla's autonomous driving progress is being questioned after a new California DMV report. Europeans may get a chance to see the Model 3 pretty soon and more. Welcome, friends. I am Ryan McCaffrey. This is Ride the Lightning, the Tesla unofficial podcast, episode number 131. That's a palindrome, by the way. For February 4th, 2018, Daisy the Boxer Puppy is to my left. And this week, well, I have to say, uh, I really thought this was going to be a big, juicy show because there was supposed to be some big news to talk about with Tesla on this week's show. You see, I was tipped off to something big, but it didn't happen at the time that I was told it was going to happen, and it still hasn't happened yet as of my recording here at uh, 9.58 p.m. on Friday night. So uh, I do trust my source on this, and the timing when, you, when it does happen, I mean, the, the timing, it'll make sense. You got the Q4 earnings call coming up next week, so... Uh, I do expect some significant Tesla news to drop uh, between now and then based on what I was told. Now, maybe it's all a ruse. <laughs> Who knows? But uh, I don't think so. Stay, stay tuned for, put it this way, stay tuned for next week's show, which you were going to do anyway, because next week's show, I want to remind you, is a, uh, it's an earnings call show, which means, you know, I, those are the what I think are some of the most fun episodes. They're the most fun for me to make. I hope they're fun for you to listen to. They, they take way longer to make, but I always, I'm always super proud of how they come out because it's, it's all the best Elon clips and, and John McNeil and Deepak and everybody on the, the Tesla executive team. All the best quotes, sound bites piped in uh, on the show for you with, uh, with thoughts and analysis. So I suspect that if uh, this thing happens that I thought was already going to happen, if that happens next week, it'll be an even more interesting episode than it uh, normally would be. In the meantime, though, uh, we'll soldier on. We've got some Tesla news to talk about. But first, a quick housekeeping note. I wanted to try a little something new, just a little something fun to maybe outreach uh, with folks a little more. So I wanted to do a little, you know, Reddit sort of owns the... (laughs) owns the naming to it, but uh, kind of an AMA, like an ask me anything, not, you know, uh, wanted to do that on Patreon. That's sort of the best, easiest place to do it. So uh, on Monday, February 19th, which is President's Day, it's a holiday. Uh, I have it off. Hopefully a number of you do too. Uh, and if even if not, maybe you want to check in on it from work. I mean, it's it's going to be a, in page, on Patreon just as it'll be a post on there. Uh, and I'm going to do, it's going to be a public post. So you don't have to support me on Patreon to see it. You can just go there. You can check it out. Uh, if you don't already, if you want to ask a question, you'll need an account, uh, which is super easy to make. You don't have to be pledging any money to create an account, uh, or you don't, you can just go look at it without even having to make an account at all. But I thought if, you know, if folks wanted to come and ask me any Tesla stuff, uh, talk, just whatever it is you might want to talk about, uh, I'll answer questions for an hour or so. 
so I wanted to do that again on Monday, February 19th at 9 a.m. Pacific time. That's noon Eastern. So that'll be on my Patreon page, which is found at patreon.com slash Tesla podcast. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N. So uh, I'll just try this out, you know, just a little experiment, see if people like it, see if people care. If they do great, you know, maybe do it once a quarter, maybe even more often, depending. If people don't like it, won't do it again. Simple as that. On with the news this week. Uh... The first of all, the referral program, I had speculated, oh, maybe, in fact, a while ago, I thought that the referral program might, in fact, come to an end at the end of January because the Model 3 ramp was expected to have been uh, more uh, intense by now, more up to speed, but it is not. And I wonder if that has played into any of any of Tesla's decision making or not. But the referral program will be continuing through April 30th. Uh, the changes to it this time are as follows. First of all, instead of just the free unlimited lifetime supercharging, you will also get, if you use my cousin Pat's code to buy an S or an X, you will also get a $500 credit that you can use towards Tesla service or towards Tesla accessories. So for instance, $500 happens to be the price of the high power wall connector as an example. Or if you wanna, you wanna get winter tires or uh, you know, all weather floor mats, whatever it is you wanna get. So uh, that, that is the, the biggest change probably is that extra $500 credit. To the program itself, five referrals now will get an invite to Tesla's next product unveiling, which, in my opinion, is likely to be the Model Y event. Uh, you'll recall that on the predictions predictions show that I did at the at the very end of the year uh, in 2017, I re- I predicted that the Model Y unveiling might take place in Q4 of this year. So we'll see about that. Uh, Also, the other change to the program, one randomly drawn winner each week, I guess for, you know, the referrals that go in per week, uh, that that randomly drawn person will win the opportunity to drive the Tesla semi prototype around the test track. And get this, Tesla is even gamifying that. Uh, They say, quote, there will be additional prizes and trophies for the best track times. It's like a video game. <laughs> each friend who's also, uh, they mentioned, each friend who signs up for the Tesla newsletter through your referral link uh, gets each of you an entry. Owners can track their entries and the leaderboard in the Tesla app. So I thought that was interesting. So uh, so since this will be continuing and the Model 3 ramp is uh, proceeding a bit slower than we all might like, If you do intend to purchase a Model S or Model X, uh, I would kindly ask you for both of our benefits to use my cousin Pat's referral code, which is uh, Patrick5008. So you can either give that number to a sales advisor, that referral code, or if you're just ordering your car through the Tesla website, punch in ts.la slash Patrick5008 into your web browser, and that will take you to the design studio with that code baked in for the free unlimited lifetime supercharging and that $500 service 
or accessories credit. Uh, you know, another thing this week, just to segue off of straight news for a second, I was thinking a lot more this week about the inevitable performance Model 3. I was out walking Daisy, and that's I, I do a lot of my thinking when I'm out walking the dog. I think that's why I like walking the dog so much. Besides just being outside, it's just, you know, I don't have... I'm not sitting in front of a screen. I don't have Slack messages coming in or emails or any of that stuff. I can just be out there and enjoy the dog's company and, and just think. And uh, So I was thinking about the Performance Model 3, and I just wanted to share those thoughts with you for fun here real quick. So you'll recall that I have previously and, and fairly consistently believed that the Model 3 would fall, the Performance Model 3, would have a zero to 60 time that falls in the mid threes. You know, I think I've said three, three to three, seven, you know, somewhere in there. But I'll tell you, after thinking about it a bit more, I'm actually a bit more bullish on it. I think it's gonna be a little bit quicker than that even, and here's why. I'm gonna give you two reasons. Number one, time doesn't stand still. Competitors move forward and Tesla has never been one to rest on their laurels. Tesla advances too. Whenever a bigger battery pack inevitably goes into the Model S and the X, which you'll recall I did predict would happen at some point this year as part of the redesign that, that I also predicted, uh, or am predicting, I should say. It hasn't happened, so I'm still waiting. But if it does happen, it's, it's almost certain that the car is probably going to get a bigger battery pack as well. Then guess what? That would, in, that would enable those cars to get to 60 miles an hour a little bit quicker since there'll be a little bit more power in the pack to pull from. So if the S, you know, even the, the 100D or 130D uh, has, a, you know, even a tenth or two of a second off of its already pretty impressive zero to 60 time, and then the P130D, maybe, it's, maybe that's a 2.4 or even a 2.3 second car. Uh, so, you know, things move forward is the point. So the second reason that I was thinking of is I was thinking about the actual physical setup of a Performance Model 3 in comparison to the current Model S 75D, which, of course, that car does 0-60 to 60 in about 4.2 seconds after that recent, you know, quote-unquote, uncorking performance upgrade that people could go to the service center and get for free in, uh, in most of the 75Ds. So the reason I bring up the 75D Model S is because, of course, that the, the Model S and the long-range Model 3, and inevitably it'll be the performance Model 3, has a 75-kilowatt-hour pack. So you're, you know, it's, it's an apples-to-apples -apples comparison. Now, the difference is that the Model 3 is going to be about 600 pounds lighter, even when you're factoring in a second motor in the front of the Model 3. Aerodynamics, which are better on the Model 3 than on the Model S, don't really matter for a, for a, a standstill launch, because aerodynamics comes into play uh, really for highway range. That's what that's for. So you can throw that out. But do remember that the... Uh, the, mo the Performance Model 3 will have a bigger, perf in that, well, almost certainly, have a bigger performance motor shoved in the rear of it compared to the Model S 75D, which has the two just regular 
uh, Model S motors in it. So when you factor in the weight savings plus the larger motor, and now you're comparing to a car that's 0 to 60 in 4.2 seconds, I'm thinking that the Performance Model 3 could end up in the low threes. You know, I, I think shaving a bit over a second off of that time with those physical factors is probably possible. I, I would think that the absolute best case scenario, maybe the very, very high twos, 2.9, or maybe, maybe, maybe a snowball's chance of 2.8. But I, I think now, thinking about this more, I think the low threes is doable for this car. Uh, I'm not going to go so far as to say that that's what I'm expecting, but I think it's entirely in the realm of possibility. So again, just sort of a random aside. These are the things I think about when I'm out walking Daisy. Let's get back to Tesla news. Uh, you can tell, by the way, it is a slow news week because this, it, uh, the thing that I was hoping for didn't happen. And, <laughs> and it turns out there wasn't too much else going on in the world of Tesla, but there are a few things we'll talk about. And the next thing here is that zero fully autonomous miles were logged for Tesla in 2017, in, at least in California. So Tesla, as required by California law, submitted its autonomous testing data to the California Department of Motor Vehicles. If you remember last year, meaning for 2016, that I did the same story, did the report, and they had some mileage. If you'll recall, there was the self-driving Model X test video of the car driving around Palo Alto that they that Tesla posted to its website. So for this year, though, no miles, in California at least, here is Tesla's statement in that report. They say, quote, Tesla conducts testing to develop autonomous vehicles via simulation in laboratories, on test tracks, and on public roads in various locations around the world. Additionally, because Tesla is the only participant in the program that has a fleet of hundreds of thousands of customer-owned vehicles that test autonomous technology in uh, uh, pardon me, test autonomous technology in quote shadow mode during their normal operation, these are not autonomous vehicles nor have they been driven in autonomous mode as defined by California law. Tesla is able to use billions of miles of real-world driving data to develop its autonomous technology, end quote. So to me, what that statement says is they're either trying to keep it quiet uh, in that they're keeping their tests to private roads and maybe doing stuff in other U.S. states so because they didn't want to tip their hand, or it's possible they didn't do any actual level four self-driving tests in California. Now, given their explanation about the shadow mode on the current fleet, which is true, of course, that is, that is accurate, and the fact that I, I kind of doubt they would just move everything outside of their home state of California just to maintain secret, uh, secrecy, it's possible. I, I don't put it past them, but it seems a bit unlikely. I've got to figure that it's more likely that they didn't do any real-world public road testing and instead did use the private courses, the simulations, and the data gathered from those Autopilot 2.0 Plus cars in order to get a bunch of useful data as, uh, as autonomous development continues. Now, 
to me, it this this report doesn't inspire a lot of confidence that Elon is going to come anywhere close to delivering on his stated intention of doing the cross-country level four full self-driving demo early here in 2018 after already having previously promised it for the end of 2017 before backpedaling off of that at the last conference call and uh, and then that obviously didn't happen. It By the way, this also totally cements where I'd already been leaning with my Model 3 purchase, which is to not order the $3,000 full self-driving package up front and instead just wait it out, see what happens, and then if I still have the car when uh, when full self-driving does roll out, and, and again, I remember, I, I do very much intend uh, by by the demands of my wife, uh, who is not, not, it's not an unreasonable demand, uh, to hold onto the car for a very, very long time and just, just pay the $4,000 if in fact, uh, full self-driving comes online some, some years down the road. So, uh, autonomous driving, the full self-driving situation is, is definitely, uh, a hot topic. You know, you've heard me say, I, I think that's going to be the next place that the Fudsters go to attack is uh, Tesla's progress or lack thereof in the autonomous driving category. But it is evolving. They are working on it. Uh, hopefully, we're going to start to see some level three features pretty soon. That would be nice to see. So uh, Elon did tweet just before I recorded this podcast saying that a an update to autopilot uh, was in final validation, sort of final testing, and would be rolling and thus rolling out to the fleet fairly soon. And then he followed up that tweet by saying, by sort of tempering expectations in a way, whether on purpose or not, by saying, well, a, a more feature rich version is a bit uh, further down on the, further uh, out in the, in the software. Q basically that they are working on it, but it's not that that a f- more feature rich was the term he used. Uh, update is is a little bit down the road, so we'll see what happens. Keeping an eye on it all the time, of course. Um, you know, the Tesla no doubt wants to show some serious progress, not only this year but just with the Model Threes rolling out. I mean, the autopilot is the thing that could above everything else that a Tesla does and the, and, and the way it's, uh, and of course, in my opinion, and, and thus in the opinion of many of you, who, because you're listening to a, a Tesla enthusiast podcast in a, you know, a way that Teslas are already more inherently desirable, but, you know, autopilot and, and self-driving really is the potential, uh, just X factor that, that could really sway a lot of people to, to ditch their internal combustion engine vehicles and purchase a Tesla instead. All right. For those of you in Europe, and I do know I've got a, a good number of European listeners, you've got a, a possible chance to see a Model 3 up close because, of course, you folks are not due to get your Model 3s until at the very, very least late this year, if not, if and perhaps that's going to slip into 2019, depending on how things go, but... Uh, you'll remember Yu Yu, the gentleman who just fairly recently had done a cross-country Model 3 road trip. Uh, he got an early Model 3. Uh, he went across the U.S. 
and Canada and back in the dead of winter in, in all kinds of snowy conditions and uh, really, really uh, put the car to work. And he met, he was giving test drives to people. He was doing meetups, answering questions at superchargers. You know, he, he got out there and he was doing uh, some, definitely some free PR and free publicity for Tesla with this. And, you know, it's because seemingly he, he wanted to do it. It was, uh, it was fun for him. Well, he has decided to take his talents to Europe. He is, he's, he's doing a sequel, this time in Europe. Uh, he's, he says uh, apparently he goes to school in the UK, so he has decided that he is going to ship his Model 3, take it with him, and do a, a European tour uh, over there. Now, he is intending to make stops in the UK, France, Spain, the Netherlands, Germany, Denmark, and Norway. Tesla has, in fact, discouraged him from doing this, basically because the charge, the car's charging infrastructure is not properly equipped for Europe. You know, the, the European cars will be a, a, a built to a European charging spec, just as Model S's and Model X's are now uh, in the, you know, depending where you buy them, USA or Europe. So UU will not be able to supercharge, but he's going to do it anyway, he says. So if you are a European listener of mine and you would like a chance to check out a Model 3 in the flesh, which, uh, by the way, we're going to hear from some folks down uh, later in the show in the Ride the Lightning hotline who got to see the Model 3 in the flesh for the first time uh, in the showroom as the, you know, I've been talking about how the more and more of the Tesla showrooms have been getting display cars for people to look at and sit in and, and play with. Uh, check out UU's Model 3 Road Trip Facebook page if you are interested in learning about his plans for touring Europe. Next this week, Electrek reports that Tesla is working to secure a new source of lithium for the battery packs, of course, from a company called SQM, which is Chile's largest lithium supplier. Uh, Elon was there. He was spotted in Chile a few weeks ago, and this is almost certainly why. So uh, we have a statement from Eduardo Bitron. The I, I apologize if I'm completely mispronouncing that last name. He's the executive vice president of the Chilean development agency Corfo. He told the Financial Times uh, that Tesla is in talks with SQM, and as Electric reports, it could even have plans to build, quote, a processing plant in Chile to produce the high-quality lithium it needs for its batteries. The uh, uh, Bitron added, with an increasing supply of lithium, Chile is key for any company that wants to become global in electromobility. Being close to Chile or having a strategic alliance in Chile becomes a strategic factor for a company like Tesla, end quote. Well, going to these kinds of lengths, you know, down to South America, going all over the world, it's required when you're Tesla and you're undertaking the kind of scale and scope of a, of a battery project, which is what the Model 3 is. And to me, this is one example of why other car companies probably aren't and certainly haven't yet uh, been going to make 
electric vehicles in any kind of grand numbers anytime soon, which is, of course, much to the chagrin of Elon and Tesla, who have long said that they want Tesla to serve as an inspiration, as a proof of concept for the viability and superiority of electric vehicles over ICEs. So Tesla uh, going to the ends of the earth, and I don't mean that disparagingly against Chile in any way, shape, or form, but, you know, it's uh, South America, and they'll, Tesla's going to go wherever they have to go to get the supplies they need to get uh, battery-powered electric vehicles on the road. That's all I've got for you for this week. But the good news is there's plenty more good stuff to come from you guys in the Ride the Lightning Hotline, so I hope you'll stay tuned for that, including, as I said, uh, a number of impressions from folks seeing Model 3 in the flesh for the very first time. So stay tuned for that right after this. Welcome to the Ride the Lightning Hotline. It's your time to shine here. I always like getting your questions, comments, discussion topics. You can send those to me in a couple of different ways. You can record your question on your smartphone's built-in voice recorder and then just email the file to me at the email address, which is teslapodcast at gmail.com. Alternatively, you can call in anytime you like on the Ride the Lightning Hotline. Uh, you just call in, leave a message, and that's it. You're done. The toll-free number is 1-888-989-8752. Uh, that's 1-888-989-TSLA. And of course, if you know someone special with an upcoming birthday, anniversary, graduation, or some other special occasion, you can give them a unique gift of recorded voices from friends and family telling them why they're special. The recordings can be podcasted or put onto a keepsake. Visit lifeonrecord.com if you'd like to learn more. Let's kick it off this week with Michael from Yorba Linda calling in about a recent autopilot-related mishap that you may have heard about. Michael, you're on the air. Hey there, Ryan. This is Michael from Yorba Linda. Just driving home, and I thought I'd drop you a note. I was wondering if you uh, saw, or I assume you saw, the, the Model S that uh, hit the back of a fire truck on Monday, uh, supposedly while it was an autopilot. Looking at the picture of it, I see the the fire truck was sitting at a, a uh, parked at a bit of an angle. So I wonder if the radar on the autopilot could even see it, or if it was bouncing in some different directions. I wonder if uh, anyone would know how the how the uh, radar would would be able to see it if it was at an angle like that, sort of a stealth fire truck. And obviously the uh, cameras didn't didn't seem to identify or what to do with it. So just uh, interesting that it happened. What's even a little more strange to me is the fact that the, I guess the fire department said it was traveling at 65 miles an hour, which seems really bizarre because if you're on the 405 freeway in Southern California and there's an accident on the side of the road with a fire truck with its lights on, I can't imagine with all the looky loose anything you'd be doing 65 miles an hour. But uh, just uh, wanted to see what you think. Thanks very much for what you do. Bye. Thanks for calling in, Michael. I skipped this story last week because there just isn't much to it yet. In other words, uh, we just know that it happened. We don't really have the specifics yet. I wanted to wait until we learned more about the incident before I covered it. But since you bring it up, I'll talk about it a little bit. And again, without having the full details here, I mean, all I can really say is that autopilot is still a level two feature. Tesla has 
made that abundantly clear both externally and like in the car itself uh, when you go to turn it on and when you activate it in the in the you know in the UI in the menu. You know they've they've been pretty clear about it. Now I don't want to rush to judgment here, but I just don't see how you could hit a parked fire truck on the freeway at 65 miles per hour if you're if you're paying attention. I don't see how that can happen if you're actually paying attention. I mean, I suppose maybe the driver was expecting that the car would indeed see the fire truck and would brake accordingly, but even that wouldn't be a great explanation in my humble opinion because you'd still need to go around it. It's a it's an emergency vehicle. It's a so uh I mean, if if this driver was paying attention, he would have needed to change lanes to avoid it, which autopilot is capable of of doing uh, with your input. But even so, again, you have to be paying attention. But in that situation, still, if you see an emergency services vehicle, you have to assume control. You have to take control from the car. That's just not a situation you can semi-autonomously you know, blow your way through at 65. I mean, again, I want to be very careful about judging this driver without knowing the whole story. Again, that's why I hadn't uh, really discussed this until now. But from what little we have, it appears to be a gross misuse of autopilot. Now, that being said, the driver was uninjured. And thankfully, no one else was hurt either. So that's awesome. Like that a, a Tesla can plow into a fire truck, uh, and the driver can not only be, you know, survive, but be okay. So, uh, that little data point is interesting, no doubt for Tesla that, Oh, our, look, look what our car survived this time. But, uh, yeah, I'm going to be interested to see what more information, uh, becomes public about this scenario. I want to go next to our old friend Lawton from Chicago, who uh, has thoughts about a about you know my prediction on a major Model S and Model X revision and how that could fit into everything? Lawton is always good about thinking about things from uh, that ten thousand foot view perspective. So Lawton, you my friend are on the air. Hi, Ryan's Lawton from Chicago. Want to share my thoughts on how the new Model S wheels are a great sign for future Model S and three owners alike. I agree that the new wheel design bodes well for a major Model S revision coming soon. If Tesla met the initial goal of 5,000 Model 3s per week by the end of 4th quarter 2017, the new Model S could be introduced in January, which is the beginning of a quarter, as Tesla normally does with major Model upgrades. Instead, I suspect they transfer resources from the Model S revision towards relieving Model 3 production bottlenecks. There no means extensive manufacturing lead time for a new revision. I suspect that financially, it made sense for Tesla to switch the new wheel design now, rather than continuing to manufacture the previous one. The change in headline material may also be part of the new Model S revision, and for economies of scale, it makes sense to introduce it across the entire Tesla lineup. Elon in the past has mentioned he would do what he could to maximize the number of Model 3 owners that could qualify for the federal tax credit. Delaying the introduction of the Model S revision will allow this, as a major revision could potentially significantly increase sales. If Model 3 production had reached 5,000 cars a week last year, it is likely that the first quarter of 2018 is when the 200,000 US car threshold would have been reached. Now, it is more likely they will be reached in second quarter, so third quarter owners can receive the full credit. Thus, 
I would anticipate the start of second quarter 2018 where Tesla announces that Model 3 production is on track at 2500 cars per week and the new Malice is being introduced. Keep up the great work and look forward to your thoughts. Well, Lawton, the one thing to remember is uh, if and when the SNX redesigns come, uh, it's still going to take time to build them and actually deliver them. Uh, so, you know, I would suspect it's, you know, you have to add at least four weeks, if not closer to eight for anything, uh, which which would push numbers potentially into Q2. So we'll see. I mean, uh, I got to figure that whatever changes they'll make, they will make the, the cars easier to manufacture, not harder. Elon has talked time and again about how the, you know, the S was a, a tough car to build and is, and the X is the toughest car to build in the world, he says. So whatever will happen, whenever it happens, uh, again, you know, as I predicted on the, uh, at the end of 2017 on, on that last show of the year, uh, it, it's got to be with an eye towards ease of manufacturing. So, and by the way, just my last point about, about the sort of the wait time, remember what happened with the P100Ds when those first hit. The wait time was actually longer than usual on those for a little while. Now that was due in part, it was mostly a supply issue with the battery packs, but that could happen again with any substantial redesign as they, if they, you know, need time to, to get their, their feet underneath them. So it seems like for now we should still be good for the 200,000th U S car being delivered in Q2 though. Uh, you know, just, just based on where we last knew we were last year, Fingers crossed, though, that, that Elon sticks to his word, as you mentioned, and sets things up so that as many people can get access to the full tax credit as possible. Appreciate your calls, as always, Lawton. Let's go now to Philip from Quebec City. Uh, he's up in Canada, and what what better person than a Canadian uh, to respond to who has to live with the cold weather just about every winter, uh, not just about, for every winter, uh, to uh, to respond to Mike from Charlottesville about the freezing wiper lines. So, Philip, let's uh, get a little education from you, sir. Hey, Ryan. Philip from freezing Quebec City, Canada. Calling in response to Mike from Charlottesville about the windshield washer fluid freezing. Um, first of all, the, when this happened on pretty much any car, it's kind of a done deal. Uh, I've had this happen to me a few times in the freezing months of first freezing months of fall, and all you can really do is find a heated parking lot or a, a friend's garage, and once it melts, flush it all out. Here in Canada, we're putting washer fluid that's good up to minus 40, and it's still cheap at about three bucks a gallon. So, if you can find some that's minus 20 or less, you shouldn't shouldn't have freezing fluid problem anymore. And one last thing all the washer fluid will freeze. The alcohol in its composition evaporates over time, so when cold temperatures come, you might want to flush out that washer fluid from four months ago. Thanks, Ryan. Love the podcast. Take care. That is exactly the information that we needed, Philip. Thank you very much. And by the way, thank you to Matt from Canada for calling in with the same information as well. Just wanted to tip my cap because, uh, Matt, I did get your call. Uh, but Philip beat you to it. I definitely learned something, and hopefully Mike from Charlottesville did as well. Let's move next to Nick from Boston, who uh, wants to do something a little different with his Model 3 reservation. Nick, what do you have in mind? Hey, Ryan, this is Nick from Boston. 
I wanted to call and ask you about other options when we finally get the email to configure our Model 3. So my family situation has slightly changed, and it seems that the Model 3 may not be the right car for us to buy this year. I was wondering if you've heard anything about people having the option to push that reservation for maybe a Model Y or Tesla pickup truck uh, or anything else. Love to hear your thoughts. Thanks again. Bye. Hey, Nick. So since those vehicles aren't officially announced, the answer is unfortunately no. You cannot move your reservation over to a different list because those lists don't exist. Uh, Even if Tesla was taking reservations for either the Y or the pickup, I'm not sure they'd want to get into the weeds with reservation transfers, since that could potentially open up questions of where you belong in the reservation queue relative to someone else who, say, camped out overnight so that they could be the first in line at their store the day the Model Y reservations were starting, etc. If the 3 is no longer for you, the easiest answer is to simply cancel the reservation and get your $1,000 deposit back. But you could also ask anyone close to you, and I do mean close to you, so I'm talking family members, maybe even close friends, if they might want to take the car uh, with your reservation Because depending on when you reserved, you might still get a shot at the $7,500 federal tax credit, which means that if you did have somebody close to you who wanted the car and you were willing to basically be on the title with them, just sort of uh, go hand in hand with them until delivery and then transfer yourself off of the title and, and just fully transfer the car over to them, you'd be doing that person an enormous favor with the tax credit. So uh, as for the Model Y, it'll be very interesting to see if it does get announced later this year, as I had predicted. Next is Paul from Texas, who calls in responding to my frustration about non-owners just being sent to the the uh, the end of the line continually, to, uh, even with when when new Model S owners come on board and, and uh, get to get to jump ahead in line. So, Paul, what do you got? Hey, Ryan, this is Paul from Texas. I understand that you're disappointed that non-owners still haven't been invited to configure their Model 3 and that it seems to be preferential treatment to owners at this point. But you have to understand one other thing. How angry have you been in the past or upset when – a longtime customer of, let's say, a telecom, AT&T, doesn't get preferential treatment where new people get the deep discounts and the freebies and the 12-month contracts. Anyway, just some food for thought. Thanks. I see what you're trying to say, Paul, but to clarify, and, and maybe I was unintentionally vague when I was talking about that, I'm not looking for non-owners to get any preferential treatment. I just like to see the people who camped out overnight and lined up and waited for this car to get a shot at it at the same time as somebody who's owned an S for only two months and then put in a Model 3 reservation a week ago because that exact scenario is happening. Um, and it's, you know, I, I, I you'd figure you got to draw the line somewhere, but I guess not. I guess the, uh, there is, I, I see the logic in it to a point, but it's just, you know, it's getting, 
it does get a bit frustrating when you've got owners, again, who, who, who've never been able to afford a Tesla, who have been waiting and waiting and they camped out and they put their money down and, uh, and just still, you know, are continually having people jump the line in front of them, depending on, you know, if they, if they can afford to basically, but, uh, the earliest window that any non-employees, non-owners have to the best of my knowledge is the same December to February window that I have uh, for first production. So if unless invites go out in the next week or so, because it's it's February second in the you know ten forty five p.m. as I'm recording this, so you know if invites go out in the next week, this will all be a moot point. But if they don't, and that window gets you know gets uh, jeopardized of being missed, then you know it's just going to be it's just going to add to the frustration. So. You know, Tesla, of course, of course, is doing everything they can. They know what's riding on this. They don't need people complaining to them to to spur them along. They they know what's at stake here. So we'll see what happens. You know, fingers crossed that uh, this ramp speeds up and that uh, that everybody is happy and gets their cars soon. All right. The next we got a few calls here. I want to just play three in a row. In fact, two of them for our folks from Arizona who went and looked at the same car in Scottsdale. But just a few quick Model 3 impressions from people who hadn't seen it before who went to the galleries, to the showrooms to see them. So here's Chris from Arizona, Jim from Phoenix, and Paul from Connecticut who went and saw the Model 3 in Boston. So let's play those folks in a row, and then I'll give a a quick little response to those three gentlemen. So uh, guys, take it away. Hey, Ryan, this is Chris in Arizona, and I wanted to give you my impressions of the Model 3. I was able to sit in one over at the Scottsdale uh, Sales Center. Their folks are really nice. Um, they would give me five minutes, but there weren't a lot of people watch- looking at it, so I got to spend a little bit more time with the car. Uh, I went over it completely. Um, it's It really matches all my expectations based on all the reviews that I've heard uh, and see- I've seen on YouTube. Um and there are three things, though, that I want to add to that because you really can't get a sense for this on uh, on a video. But the air conditioning system uh, seems to be very efficient. I turned it up to 10, got cold in the car immediately. I played around with that new vent. Um, works great, uh, which is was a concern of mine before because, uh, you know, living in Arizona. Uh, the second Arizona concern is that panoramic roof. Um, and it's very well tinted. I was, uh, kind of shocked at how dark it really is. Obviously the, the glass in the front and the glass in the back is nice and clear, but the glass on top is really dark. So, I mean, even looking through it in the sales center up towards the ceiling, um, it's, you don't see a whole lot, which is good. So, I mean, I'm guessing in the bright sunshine. Um, I'm not going to get baked in Arizona, uh, or broiled. (laughs) So, um, I'm still, uh, going with that. And the third, uh, which really sealed the deal on the luxury package was the sound system. Um, I turned the music up in the car and maybe it's because you hear a song that you actually know, and then you, you can hear the music, um, versus what you see on YouTube, you know, because of copyright uh, rules of YouTube. Um, the, the music is spectacular. You know, maybe it's the glass, maybe it's the the speakers, or maybe it's just the size of that cabin, but, um, it's almost like you have headphones on 
and really, really good Bose headphones. So, um, I, uh, that kept me, uh, on my first production reservation. And, um, I just wanted to say thank you so much for your podcast. I really enjoy it. It's kind of fun to listen to. I do a lot of driving. So, uh, thanks for being my, uh, um, entertainment while I'm on the road. All right. Talk to you soon. Thanks. Hey, this is Jim from Phoenix. Uh, really enjoy your show. You asked for people to call in uh, if you saw the the Model Three uh, being shown, and last Friday, the the first day it was available. I I did see the Model Three in the, in Scottsdale, Kierland area. I don't know how useful it is to your listeners, but uh, you know it was it was really nice. I had about uh, thirty seconds looking at the back, and then about a minute and a half in the driver's seat. And then about thirty to forty-five seconds, you know, looking at at the front, um, it, it was really nice. I, I it was almost kind of like a blur. I, I I'm really not sure, sure exactly, um, you know, exact things I recall. But I would suggest maybe just having a mental checklist of things you wanted to to check out on it um, before you happen upon it. Uh, there was a fairly long line. It was about a half hour to get into the store, and then about another half hour once I was in the store. Uh, but Tesla was absolutely very prepared. They were offering coffee and uh, and water, uh, and it was uh, they had all sorts of people taking your names and. Uh, they had velvet ropes, and they were definitely prepared. Uh, it was quite in contrast to the uh, to the March sixth, uh, March thirty first, uh, uh, when I waited in line to initially get the Model Three reservation. Uh, but yeah, it was it was very nice. Uh, thanks so much. Really enjoy your show, and uh, keep up the good work. Bye. Hi, Ryan. It's Paul from Connecticut. I'm answering a call from people who had seen the Model 3 in a showroom recently. This past Sunday, January 28th, I was up at the Boston store in Prudential Center, and I got there about 4 o'clock. There was only about 20 people in line, and I was told by one of the employees that it was the shortest the line had been all day. and only took about uh, 20 minutes or so for me to get up to the front of the line. Uh, I do agree that the Model 3 really needs to be seen in person. I think it looks much better in person than it does in photos. And from certain angles, you can see how the car is sculpted, and it's just you can't really see that in photos, but it looks great in person. It was side-by-side side with the Model S, and I was very happy with the size of the Model 3. I was concerned that it might be a little bit small, that uh, some people have compared it to a Honda Civic or a 3 Series. It certainly looks bigger, and it looks just the right size. I feel like the Model S would have been too large for me. Uh, I got to play the touchscreen for five minutes, and it was very intuitive and very responsive, and uh, I think that it will be a short learning curve, learning how to use it. My only complaint was five minutes seemed like 45 seconds. I wished I could have had more time with the car, but uh, before I knew it, I was being told my five minutes was up. Uh, I asked to check out the trunk on my way out of the car, which they allowed me to do, and um, that was about it. So uh, I'm a reservation holder, and my delivery window is sometime between uh, December and February, so I'm hanging in tough there. I know the car will be late, but I can wait. It's certainly worth waiting for. Thanks, Ryan. As I was uh, pulling those calls together, Daisy the Boxer Puppy's snores have gotten progressively louder to the point where I wonder if they're now going to manage to get on mic from across <laughs> across the room. 
She is snoring up a storm over there. Anyway, uh, thank you, gentlemen, for your impressions. And uh, Chris and Jim, your warm weather thoughts are, are no doubt of interest to other folks in warm weather climates. I tell you, having lived in Arizona myself for 15 years, I can relate to you guys immediately focusing on the heat-resistant features of the car, meaning the, the air conditioning and the tinted glass roof. You guys, after all, are definitely going to be the true litmus test for how well this new Blade uh, AC system works. Uh, as for the sound system, I think I touched on it on the episode after I got to drive the Model 3 when I was given my impressions of the car. But yes, the sound system is excellent, uh, certainly compared to the Model S. I mean, mo in fact, most of the existing Tesla owners who've taken delivery of Model 3 so far have pretty well universally said that the Model 3 sound system is better than the Model S's upgraded sound system. Uh, and Jim, by the way, your comment about having a mental checklist before you hop in the car uh, in, in the showrooms is a really, really good tip, I think, for people, given the time constraints that most folks are likely to be under for a while uh, when they go to check out these cars in the showroom. So thank you, Chris, Jim, and Paul. I uh, want to talk now to Mike from Boston, who also went and saw the Model 3 in Boston. He's got uh, a little different uh, take on it that, that I wanted to respond to. Mike, you're on the air. Hey, Ryan, this is Mike from Boston, a uh, long-time listener, called in a few times. Hey, I just wanted to tell you, I went into the Boylston Street uh, Tesla showroom uh, yesterday to see the Model 3. They have a red one, and I have to tell you, the car is amazing. Um, I, you know, cajoled my wife to go in with me. She loved the car, uh, which wasn't necessarily the case before we actually saw it. We got to sit in it. Uh, the line wasn't real long, probably waited about 15 minutes. Um, the inside of the car is incredible. The pictures don't do it justice. Um, I, I can't wait. My, my delivery window is uh, January to March, so January's over. Um, I can't wait to get this car and seeing the red one and listening to you have convinced me to get the red. Uh, my wife loved the red, so I'm all in. Can't wait to get that email. Thanks so much for the podcast. You rock. Talk to you. Bye. Mike, I love hearing this. I'm so glad that it wowed you. Because I could see how people who haven't ever seen the Model 3 in person up until now might, you know, could maybe be underwhelmed simply because it's been hyped up so much so I, I'm definitely part of that. I've hyped up this car plenty. Uh, now, if that's you, by the way, if, if there's someone out there who does go see the car and you're underwhelmed by it, I would love to hear that opinion too because that perspective is valuable. But so far, it seems to be, meaning the Model 3 seems to be making people pretty happy when they get to see it in person and sit in it. Uh, by the way, Mike, you've heard of Club Med well, actually, maybe you haven't. I don't know if you're old enough. I just realized that Club Med is kind of a, like, 
80s dated reference and club meds like went away a long time ago. So I don't know. I, may, maybe if you're if you're uh, under 30 or under, you maybe even under 35, you haven't heard of it. But anyway, uh, maybe you've heard of Club Med. Mike, welcome to Club Red. It's uh, it's fun here in Club Red. <laughs> anyway, uh, one more call in the Ride the Lightning hotline this week. It comes to us from Arnie in San Diego, who went and saw the Model 3 in his local showroom, and he wanted to give his impressions on what he uh, experienced there. So, Arnie, you're on the air. Hi, Ryan. This is Arnie in San Diego. You had asked for feedback on people that went to see the Model 3 in the showroom. I'm located in uh, San Diego and uh, went in yesterday to see it. I got there about 9.30 a.m. and then the mall opened at uh, 10 a.m. and uh, I was third in line. Uh, By the time the store opened, there was probably about 45 or 50 people in line. And I got to go in and see the Model 3, only got a few minutes with it, but uh, uh, very impressed. Uh, So impressed, I uh, decided to bring my wife and kids back in the afternoon and wait in line again to see it. Second time was about 45 minutes in line to see it. And uh, loved the car, looking forward to getting it, and I'm supposed to get it mid-year. Thanks for your show, love it. Take care. One other question that I have for you, Ryan, is about the California rebate. Does the California rebate go in lockstep with the federal rebate? Uh, so for example, if, if you get the full federal rebate when your car is delivered, I'm assuming you get the full state rebate, but when the federal rebate gets cut in half, does the state rebate get cut in half? Just curious if you know how that works. Uh, I looked online and having trouble finding information about that. Take care, Ryan. Bye. Thanks for sharing, Arnie. I'm curious if your wife and kids like the car as much as you did. I hope so. Uh, I'm glad it got you more excited. And uh, the question you asked at the end there is a very good one. And this is applicable not just to California listeners, and I know that there are a lot of California listeners out there, but to those of you in any state that offers a state-level tax credit, for purchasing an electric vehicle? Uh, The good news is no. The California $2,500 credit is not in any way tied to the federal one. Uh, California can keep it going as long as they want, regardless of the federal rebate, uh, federal tax credit. I guess I need to not stop calling it a rebate. Uh, The the tax credit phasing out. So uh, in fact, Jerry Brown, just uh, this week, Governor Jerry Brown of California talked about uh, wanting to get a lot more electric vehicles on the road over the next 20 years. And, and part of that is the California $2,500 tax incentive. So uh, it seems like, I mean, granted, he is going to be going out of office. He's retiring. Uh, so it'll be up to the next administration to ensure that that does continue. But at least the plan is for that, that $2,500 California tax credit to continue uh, this, it, as it is, regardless of, of the phase-out of the $7,500 federal tax credit. Arnie, thank you so much. Thanks to everybody who called in this week. I remind you that, again, you can call in anytime, day or night. You can either record something on your smartphone's built-in voice recorder and just email it to me, teslapodcast at gmail.com, or call in anytime using the toll-free 
Ride the Lightning Hotline. That number is 1-888-989-8752. And for those of you who do support me on Patreon at the $10 or higher level, the plan is uh, I intend to have February's Patreon-exclusive bonus episode of Ride the Lightning posted for you at some point this weekend. And given the, well, depending when you're, just, yeah. So hopefully by Monday the 5th, sometime over this weekend, it is posted. That is my plan. It is, uh, I just need to record it. It's all sketched out and ready to go. So uh, look for that if you follow me, if you support me on Patreon. All right, I'll be right back with some parting thoughts for you. Wrap things up right after this. If you do enjoy this podcast week in and week out, you find that it informs you, it entertains you, you enjoy it, Uh, your support on Patreon would be sincerely appreciated. You can take a look at the Patreon page at patreon.com slash Podcast and see uh, if anything there appeals to you as far as wanting to contribute. There are some rewards, you know, some sort of little perks that you can get for that. Again, it's of course, it's all totally optional. The show continues to come at you every Sunday morning at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, regardless. But uh, if you'd you'd like to support me and maybe get a few extra little perks in the process, you can check that out on Patreon. In fact, I want to thank the Patreon producers. These are the kind folks who earn that title by supporting me at the $20 level or higher. They are the wonderful Jeff Bartram, Paul Hussey, DJ Harbaugh, Pete White, Wolfgang Obergen, George Cassiopo, David Brander, Jonathan Wales, Alexi Heft, Lisa Kaz, Michael O'Prey, Logan Willis, Matthew Para, Michael Lester, Robert Maracle, John Lasher, Jason Chalukas, Emotion Rentals, Richard Ouellette, Sean Fournier, Tim Hyde, Marcus Mayenschein, Lee Sweet, Lars Hoffman, Orion Coates, Peter Chalet, Harold Plug, Kenneth Martin, Michael Callahan, and Rome Strack. Thank you all so, so much. Your support does mean a lot to me. Uh, and again, as I mentioned at the top of the show, I'm going to try out that, uh, you know, little AMA thing. Just to, I'll, I'll make a post, a public post that everybody can see. You don't have to have a Patreon account. I'll make a public post saying, hey, uh, I'm going to be on, you know, ask me anything. Presumably about Tesla, but I guess if you want to ask about other stuff, you're welcome to do that as well. So I'm going to do that again on Monday, February 19th. That's President's Day at 9 a.m. Pacific from 9 a.m. to 10 a.m. If you miss it, you will be able to just go go there anytime you want and see the the threads, the the questions that I've answered. But I would encourage you to to join me for that. Again, this is an experiment. We'll see how it goes. But uh, if you're on Patreon, great. You just log in with your Patreon account. If you don't already have a Patreon account and would like to participate, just uh, make an account there. You don't have to pledge any money to me or anyone else uh, by signing up for an account. So uh, again, if you want to do it, join me. It'll be the, again, public post on the 19th at 9 a.m. Pacific at patreon.com slash Podcast. Uh, of course, Immaculate Reflections is standing by ready and waiting for you. They want to detail your car. They want to protect your car. It's not really detailing so much. I mean, they will do that, but uh, you'll, it'll be the cleanest you've ever seen it when they're done with it. But they're, they want to help you protect your new Tesla. 
be it with a new car delivery prep, with a paint uh, correction, a paint protection film, a ceramic coating, any of the above, all the above, whatever you want to do, just talk to them. Uh, They're experts over there. They can fit your budget, figure out what your sort of needs and wants are for the level of protection. So Immaculate Reflections, they are not too far from the Tesla factory in Northern California. Check them out at irdetailing.com. You can also look them up on Yelp and Instagram at immaculate underscore reflections. So yelp.com slash immaculate underscore reflections or instagram.com slash immaculate underscore reflections. What else? Follow me on Twitter at DMC underscore Ryan. You can email me teslapodcast at gmail.com. Abstract Ocean, the Puddle Lights, huge deal there, but they've got lots of other stuff and more goodies on the way. They uh, they keep in touch with me and let me know what's what's next, what's in the pipeline. Uh, but there is there's more fun stuff. And I remind you, 20% off of your first order by listening to this podcast using this promo code here that's just for us here on the podcast. So abstractocean.com, pile your card up with whatever Tesla accessories you want, whether it's lighting kits for your Tesla, whether it's uh, screen protector film for your uh, 17-inch or in Model 3's case, 15-inch touchscreen. Get all that stuff in your shopping cart and then use the coupon code RTLPODCAST at checkout and get 20% off of your first order. And I think that about wraps it up. Uh, the podcast is on Spotify now, which I've mentioned the last couple weeks. Thanks to the Spotify folks for helping get that set up for me, but subscribe if you don't already, whether it's on Spotify, but, uh, I mean, the most popular, I guess, I mean, Spotify is definitely one of the most popular places. I don't know if it's one of the most popular places for podcasts specifically, but it's there. If you're a Spotify user and you want to listen to the show there, please do it. But subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen to it, whether it is on Spotify or iTunes or Google Play or Stitcher or TuneIn, which of course you get, you know, in your Tesla, you can get this podcast as well. Alternatively, there's the podcast hosting site, which is teslapodcast.libsyn.com, L-I-B-S-Y-N. And from that site, you can pick up individual MP3 downloads, listen to individual episodes, or uh, subscribe to the RSS feed there as well, if you're interested in that. For a... Oh, she has actually voluntarily gone into her crate. You're in your crate. I'm impressed. For Daisy the Boxer Puppy, I'm Ryan McCaffrey. This was the palindromatic episode number 131 of Ride the Lightning, the weekly Tesla unofficial podcast. It's been a fun one, but like I said, next week, for a reason that I think is going to happen, and then just the guarantee of the quarterly conference call, the quarterly earnings call, it should be a really super fun episode next week. Probably a bit of a long episode next week, but keep your calls coming, especially with reactions to whatever happens at the at the conference call or, before, or what happens before that, depending, so... Keep your calls coming. Keep your emails coming. Keep listening. I appreciate all of you for giving me your time each and every week to update you on the world of Tesla, to inform you, and maybe even entertain you a little bit. So thanks, everybody. Happy electric motoring, and I will see you next week.